Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we combine a love for movies and television with not a lot of actual knowledge about movies or television. I'm your host, Joseph, this week because I have a real microphone. Uh, with me are my co-hosts, Christian. Hello. And Hurt. Cacao! Hey, that's really good. Uh, I think this week we're in uh, in the appropriate spirit to feeling like the apocalyptic times that we're living in these days. We're going to do uh, post-apocalyptic movies, or really the best post-apocalyptic movies, because I don't want to talk about all of them, because a lot of them are trash. Yeah, we are in the, um, we're in the prequels to these movies right now. Well, I mean, when you guys thought about the apocalypse, which we all have a lot, I'm sure, uh, did you think it was going to be this boring? Uh, no, that's a good point. I really thought, it, you know, one of the things that I liked the most about the idea that I was living in the end times is that it was probably going to be super fucking exciting with, you know, like nuclear war, demons flying around and shit. But it's mostly just sitting around and watching Netflix. I guess that's the appeal of like the zombie movies comparatively to just like the regular old disease movies is, you know, with the, uh, with the zombie movies, the, they get up and kill you. Whereas the disease is just kind of a slow picking off one at a time. Right. right, right. I'm um, definitely thankful I don't have to hunt for my own food. For sure. Because so you I do have to hunt terrible. for your own paper products. Oh yeah. I, I, I'd be done for, I, I can't squash bugs, you know? So, I mean, I definitely can't kill cute little animals for food. What do we think is the obsession with post-apocalyptic movies? Like, why? Why, why is this such a, a thing? It definitely took a a, a dramatic. Uh, there's a dramatic uptick in like mid aughts to now. I mean, you in general so? content for particular movies. I mean, just looking at lists that I was looking at. Yes, I definitely think there's been a lot of them. But uh, I mean, even going back to like Romero zombie movies and Mad Max, like. Uh, the Judge Dredd, uh, man, there's a bunch of movies from 70s, 80s, 90s that I think all fit in this category. I definitely think the 80s had a, had a big uptick of them, too. Like, you know, uh, uh, you, yeah, everybody just thought that, you know, uh, Reagan and Thatcher were going to blow up the world. So there was just a lot of shit in the 80s. And some of it was great and some of it was not great. I, uh, I feel like it's a mixture of things. I feel like it, one, there's a, a fascination with this idea of like life after society. Right. Like a, a, when all the societal structures and comforts that uh, have defined and, and controlled our lives up to this point break down like what happens to people after that. You know, I think people in general kind of like this idea of, I, I don't know, it's it's still fun to see, even though I've seen it a million times of kind of this deserted man-made world kind of being reclaimed by nature. And I also feel like there's a certain like fantasy element uh, in the same way that like, you know, because society's breaking down that you get to form a life, you know, that you want to form, even if it's under these awful, you know, like harsh constraints, but you know, you're, you're not, you don't have to do an office job anymore. You can, I don't know, be a man, be a hero, (laughs) make your own life. I don't know. I'm personally, uh, you know, between the two, I'm fine with having an office job. I, 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 I I don't want to fight for my survival. I'm very, I'm very aware that I would die very early on in one of these. (laughs) Right, right, right. I, I have, I have no value in the, uh, in the apocalypse. Yeah, I, I can't see myself lasting long. You know, I was a Boy Scout and I know how to fire a rifle. I feel like those are two mandatory qualifications, but, uh. I'm also pretty weak, and I like cheeseburgers a whole lot. So, heard. <laughs> I feel like you you could make it as as kind of like the village storyteller, 
And it would, I mean, it, it would be like, it, you know, now nobody wants to hear any of your stories about the old 80s soap operas that you're watching on YouTube. But in like 20 years when no one's making any new stories again and, and old hurts out there with an eye patch and, you know, so some gray ginger hair. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. I, yeah. could, I could probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing I've always thought about the apocalypse that did give me sort of comfort is that uh, in the apocalypse, almost any person I've ever worked for would be exactly as useless as me. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's like I always, you know, whenever I'm eating shit from whatever that person is, I'm thinking right now you have more value than me. But when shit goes down, me and you are on the same level. And that gave me comfort. Yeah, it's going to be a real turnaround for me because, you know, anytime that I have to get my car fixed or call someone to, like, fix something in my house, like, I feel bad about myself. But then I also feel like superiors, like, I've risen above needing to know how to do this. And the tables will really turn on me on the post-apocalyptic scenario for that. You're definitely not alone in that. It seems like a lot of people that are obsessed with this genre are the exact type of people who will not do well if this Exactly, yeah, for sure. I think that's probably true. That is very true. I did want to make a clarification before we get into it. I want to do specifically post-apocalyptic movies and not apocalyptic movies because I feel like they're kind of different subsets. I feel like most of the movie, a, a, a vast majority of the movie has to take place after whatever event has happened. And like it, they've established a new status quo within a different world. Also, we've already done an entire episode on, uh, on Roland Emmerich and Michael Bay. So we've covered. For sure. So yeah, movies. Day After Tomorrow is out. Right. Um, all of the Terminators are out except for Salvation. Ooh, ooh, you. Well, we can get into that. <laughs> so we just want to. We want to start a list. Does anybody have any ones that they want to start out with, or we just want to go with mine? We can well, you go with can yours. Start. We're gonna start. I don't know why I started with this. I should have closed with this, but it was my fir- the first one that came to my mind because it's my very favorite one. Uh, we should also clarify that one of the reasons we did this instead of zombie movies is because I didn't feel literate enough on uh, the, the broad zombie movie history to do that. That said, one of my favorite movies, probably my favorite movie of this list, and one of my favorite movies of all time, 28 Days Later, uh, definitely falls within this category. I mean, yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about this one before on here, but it's a great fucking movie. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the perfect version of Walking Dead, even though it's not zombies. I mean, it's kind of zombies, but they're just not technically dead, I guess. I don't yep. know. Let's see. Well, I feel like we should we should dig into some of the the necessary tropes here. We've got kind of the trope of of this guy wakes up. It's literally the exact same intro to The Walking Dead. Guy wakes up in a hospital bed to a world that's completely changed. Uh, you know, abandoned buildings, abandoned city. Finds a, a father and a daughter who are just trying to make it in this new world and have kind of figured it out, but also are looking for something better. And then they find a, a military encampment where the military people have kind of established an order but it's you know uh kind of a more draconian frightening society than i think that they were hoping for i feel like almost all of these things are kind of tropes of the genre i think the i think when you talk about tropes it's a lot of uh you know themes are struggle for survival overcoming they're like they're like survivalist movies in that regard um there's also always a commentary on society and 
structure and hierarchy. Um, it, I mean, people are always really dirty. People are uh, always really dirty. <laughs> there are no baths. Not a lot of baths, yeah. Uh, um, and all of those things are true for this movie. Uh, I think we should rate but, the movies based on dirtiness. Oh, this isn't the dirtiest. It is an absolute. This is like a six out of ten, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That that even may be an overestimation. You think maybe like five, like halfway? Yeah, because it's pretty. It's it's pretty close to the the disaster taking place. Uh-huh. So we have we haven't gotten to like you know uh, the road dirtiness yet. What <laughs> do we want to talk about the road next? It's a very similar movie, but even more dim. Like literally and uh, you, I don't know emotionally. It's a that is a dark, sad film. And, I, uh, go ahead, Jake. Go, no, you, well, I was just gonna say I I'd went into this thinking that I was gonna try my best to stick to uh, fun post-apocalyptic movies, and my my first thing I thought of was you know like not the road because <laughs> man that shit is fucking dark. We'll knock it out early. Yeah, it's I mean. It's funny to me because, I mean, this is based off Cormac McCarthy novel. It's a very straight adaptation of it. Um, Very kind of sparse, uh, under-detailed story of this father trying to escort his son to, like, a safe place in this horrible, undetermined, apocalyptic world. We don't really know what caused it. We just see the aftermath. Uh, There's And that's the whole thing is, like, there's not a lot of context. You're just kind of with them in their fear the whole time. Um, even though you don't really know who they are. Uh, it's got Michael K. Williams in it for like two seconds, and he is yep. Yep. virtually invisible because the movie is so dark, and he is also so dark. Um, <laughs> it's, it, and also it's got Viggo Mortensen famously as the man. <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Duvall's in yeah, it, right? Darren, yeah. Oh, Robert Duvall, that's right, he is. Yeah, um, I, I, The kid is the kid that... Go ahead, sorry. I, I was going to say, this is a really good movie that I don't like at all. Well, it's funny because I think this is like it's it's got a, a lot of the tropey things that we'll get into, particularly with the darker things, kind of you know, with roving bands of marauders, murderers, whatever. There's cannibalism. There's all kinds of things. Uh, but I feel like this movie dramatically inspired a much worse version that was supposed to be like the commercial uh, equivalent of it, which is a Book of Eli, which I hate. I hate that movie so much. <laughs> but Book of Eli is a uh... Book of Eli came after? I thought it came before. I mean, it came after it the came book. Before. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, it came after the book. That's yeah. true. Good point. Yeah, It came after the book, but before the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, book of Eli is terrible. I know a lot of people love it. Uh, it's extremely heavy-handed on its uh, allegory, I yeah. guess. Um, Gary, and- this is the beginning of, like, this is the first time that I can remember going to see a Gary Oldman role. I was like, aw. I mean, I think he's good in it, but yeah. I mean, I think he's a lot in it. I just don't know if it's a lot <laughs> in a good way. Uh, See, I mean, how you feel about it is how I feel about Denzel in it. This is probably the first time I saw a Denzel movie, and I was like, oh, no. Touche. Yeah, and Mila th- Kunis. Yeah, it is. This this is a litmus test of post-apocalyptic things to me. If somebody says that they like this movie or The Walking Dead after season two, I just I know what kind of person that is. Well, but since you know, we're on funny. that topic... Oh, I kind of like this movie. <laughs> I think it's, exactly. I mean, I don't think it's great, but I had fun watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I bet if I Ian had, were here, he would agree with you. I'm positive the ghost of Ian would agree with me. I am also positive. 
<laughs> it goes to me and would agree with you. While we're on litmus test uh, post-apocalyptic movies, mine is I Am Legend. That's fair. Uh, I also didn't put this on the list because it's not good. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, it's it's funny because uh, uh, this one also based off a book dramatically different from the book. Almost, I don't know, it's, it's not even remotely the same story. Yeah, it's hard to call it by the same name. Uh... Which is depressing because the book the book is really great. The book is really uh, great, and, and you know what? I actually liked like the first half of this movie because I really I like this. This is Will Smith's charisma really getting an opportunity to shine. I just don't think they they came up with a uh, like anywhere to go with it or like a good plot to to flesh out. They were just like, yeah, people like hanging out with Will Smith, and you know what? I do like hanging out with with Will Smith. It's funny you say that because if they literally just kept the plot of the book, it probably would have been pretty great. Yeah, for sure. The main thing I remember about this movie is after uh, after it came out, the first thing anybody had to say about it after seeing it was, oh man, at one point when he's walking around you can see like movie signs for the Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I I think that pretty much says what you need to know about this. The most memorable thing about it is some shit that happened in the background. What's Uh, next, Joseph? Oh, I haven't been rating things on dirtiness. I forgot already. Uh, Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he stays pretty clean in this. I agree. I I say this one's like a three or a four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he does take showers in this one. The road is is like an eight. The road is might be the dirtiest. An eight or a nine, and then Book of Eli yeah, is something. like a seven, six or a seven, I think. Yeah, Denzel's pretty dirty in Book of Eli. That's a good. That's a well, good let's point. let's get into one of the dustiest ones of all time, the Mad Max series. I mean, of course, I was going to use this as an opportunity to talk about Mad Max Fury Road, the best movie of the last decade. Well, I'm glad because uh, it's the only Mad Max movie I've seen, so I'm glad we can talk about that one. Oh, you Ooh. haven't seen any of the other ones? I have not. Okay, here, two is fun. Two is great. Two is essentially the same movie as Fury Road, but it's fun. The first yeah. one, it's hard to tell if it even is a post-apocalyptic movie. The first time I saw it, I just thought it took place in a weird small town. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the second one's great, and the third one is you know is like some other script that they turned into a a Mad Max movie. <laughs> it's 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 a lot of people's favorites, and I don't hate it, but I don't really consider it like part of the thing. Sure. But uh, Fury Road's the fucking best. I love that movie. And, and I feel like, you I, you know, again, it fits my criteria of being a fun uh, post, post-apocalyptic movie because even though there is some dark shit that happens in this, it, uh, you know, has a hopeful outcome. I think this one's a blast. So yeah. uh, I, I stand by it. This is, I mean, quality-wise, even though 28 Days Later is my favorite, this one might be the best one on this list. This also I mean, introduces another post-apocalyptic trope, which is uh, uh, leather clothing attire. That's true. Yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot yeah. of <laughs> like BDSM-inspired shit in the, in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of light fabric survived the apocalypse. No. Nobody's wearing a lot of cotton. Again, I can't speak for the other Mad Maxes, but uh, Mad Max Fury Road also probably like an eight or a nine, maybe an eight. You can you can I, see you can see uh, Tom Hardy's pretty face pretty well most of the time. Yeah, I would say I, I would say the main thing that keeps it from being a ten is you know uh, all of the brides are pretty clean. That's true. They take milk baths. 
Yeah. Right? Doesn't that happen? That does happen. That does happen. Yeah. This is, a, I remember, I, I try, I, I make this claim that on my birthday, that I can make my wife watch any movie that I want to make her watch that she wouldn't usually watch. Uh, and this was one of them a couple of years back. And uh, like several times, she didn't say anything. She, at the end of it, she actually said she had a good time, but several times during it, including the milk bath, she, she'd look at me like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> What I wanted to put on this list uh, that I haven't seen, but I know it was on a lot of lists that I was looking at is... Oh, God, I can't think of his name. Escape from New York. What is that guy's name? Oh, it's Nick Pliskin. You're, uh, yeah, I mean, John Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell. Yeah. Jesus Christ. We got there. Has anyone seen Escape from New York? Do you have feelings about it? Oh, yeah, is it no, good? I, I, yeah, I fucking love Escape from New York. I, I don't know how well it translates to a modern audience. It was, you know, it's a hell of a... Uh, early 80s action movie, you know, probably some of the action could seem slow now, but I fucking love that movie. And it's, you know, it's based mostly on uh, what a cool character Snake Plissken is. Again, he's something if you're watching now, it probably seems cliched because so much shit has ripped it off. But at the time, that shit was pretty cutting edge. I mean, it's also inspired one of, you know, I think the best game series of the last couple decades by blatantly ripping off Snake Plissken because he was so cool, which is the Metal Gear Solid series. Right, that's true. Yeah. I don't know how that shit isn't copyright infringement, but <laughs> whatever. And as far as, as far as dirty, I would probably give this one like a seven. All right. Mostly, yeah, this one's not that dirty. It's, it's like they're more, they seem more oily than dirty in this one. I think that yeah. still counts. You know, they'd probably like to be cleaner. I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but for for some lighter fare, not all the things on this list are are grim or dark. I mean, granted, I think is Escape from New York kind of campy, or is it dead serious? The first one is pretty serious. Escape from L.A. is nonstop camp. Okay, but Escape from New York is pretty serious. I I mean, it's still it was it was on my list. It's a fun post apocalyptic. Uh, but one that is fun, that's also another zombie one, is uh, one that recently got a sequel kind of unexpectedly, Zombieland. Yeah, this is a great film. Uh, it, it, it takes a, a lot of tropes that in this zombie post-apocalyptic genre um, kind of turns them on the head, makes jokes about them, while also delivering just a really good zombie movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a good time. And not that dirty. This is like no, very clean. I would say like zero yeah. to one of well, dirtiness. I mean, somehow in this post-apocalypse, electricity and water are still working. Yes. So, it just, so it just makes it easier that way. Yeah. So they're, they're doing fine. Yeah, I love this movie. It was actually the first one on my list. Uh, it's super fun. It has a fucking great action sequence at the end. And it's elevated completely by Woody Harrelson's charm. For there sure. Three there are three other actors in it, and they're all fine, but Woody Harrelson is fucking great in this movie. So take, taking it back to the reverse direction, something that is, uh, is ridiculous but played dead serious, uh, one of my favorite movies on this list that has a, what I think is an insulting and just flat-out wrong 6.2 rating on IMDb, Reign of Fire. <laughs> what a great movie. I, I don't know how that only has a, a, a 6.2 because the people who love this movie fucking love this movie. This is, this is the only movie on this list with dragons. It's got, <laughs> it's got Matthew McConaughey being good in something before we knew that that was a thing that we could look for. It's just, it's really fun. I don't understand why this one's yes. not more loved. 
I, you know, I still feel like there are people, there are a ton of people who haven't seen it, and my goal in life is to rectify that for them because it's great. Uh, I love, I love exactly like you're talking about. It just plays it completely serious. There are dragons destroying England, and this in in modern like modern time. day. <laughs> yep, and nobody seems to bat an eye. And uh, it's it's fantastic. You just can't explain it to people. I just I can't explain it to people without like visual context because they're just like what? <laughs> I I also love how the beginning is like a total ripoff of Jumanji. So in that it like you know it's a kid who randomly finds this thing that starts off all these terrible other things, uh, but unlike Jumanji, has no more fun after that moment. It that's, is just that's true. It's just people getting burned up by dragons, and it's a blast. I, I really like this one. Uh, this one's pretty dirty, I think. Uh, particularly Matthew McConaughey is very dirty. Yeah, McConaughey's very dirty in it. Uh, I'll, give it I'll give it like a seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, we want to go lighter or, or heavier? Let's go lighter. We've talked a lot about heavy ones. Okay. I mean, look, it's the post-apocalypse. There's a lot of heavy stuff. But let's talk about Dread. I, you know... I fucking love this movie as well, man. Man, was do you remember what a surprise this was watching it? I do. It wasn't just good, but it was fucking great. I uh, I had I don't even know what I came into this expecting, but it's a lot of fun. It's uh, mm. based off the comic book character Judge Dredd, and uh, it, it's you know it's if you've seen the movie The Raid, it's The Raid, but in a post-apocalyptic future with Carl Urban as a, a I don't know what he's the judge jury executioner. Judge Dredd. Yeah, the entire the 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 entire justice system is is represented by these roving judges who are exactly that. They're they're judge, jury, and they carry out the sentence. It's uh if you haven't seen this one, it's a it's a gem, honestly, that you wouldn't expect. Didn't Alex Garland write this movie? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I, I I'm not mm-hmm. sure of that. Uh, and this one's medium dirty. I'd say like a six. Yeah, yeah I'm a drug society in it. There's there's really dirty people in it and really clean people. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I don't know where to put or which ones to put on this list, uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. Great, they were they're in my list, um, and I'm talking about not the new ones. I'm throwing it all the way back, uh, Charlton Heston. That those first two, Planet of the Apes and Beneath the Planet of the Apes, they rock. I mean, yeah, they're are, fucking great. I agree. At least the first one is kind of a tricksy movie about being a post-apocalyptic movie because it's kind of just a sci-fi movie until you find out at the end that it's been a post-apocalyptic movie the whole time. I mean, it's, it's the first movie I ever watched as a kid that I remember having a twist ending and that shit blew my fucking mind. Yeah, that twist still plays too. It I does, mean, you totally. even know it's coming, but the way that scene is built up, is perfect. And I mean, look, that series gets a little zany and time travel but it's still a lot of fun. I, again, I think those first two movies are, are both really solid films. Uh, I both, I've rewatched them many a time. Um, having said that, you know, the new ones are pretty good too. Uh, I just don't one know which really one, I just don't know which one counts because the first one's definitely an apocalyptic movie. The second one, the second might, one is, might be post apocalyptic. Yeah. I just don't I feel like, there. I don't feel like, it's really settled out yet. I don't know. Yeah, it, there is a thing about the second one that I think they still think they're going to make society happen again. 
I think the third one probably counts, but it's the, it's not as good as the second one. I'd rather talk yeah. about the second one. Yeah, the second one's the best one. Totally. But uh, also yeah. not not very dirty movies. But maybe the maybe the original Charlton Heston ones are a little dirtier. But the the newer well, ones. The monkeys are, are pretty. The apes are pretty clean, but Charlton Heston is pretty dirty. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's oiled up very well. I can say that. <laughs> the thing I love about watching old movies like that is the definition of what is fit was just way different. So different. Like, Someone with Charlton Heston's body right now, there's no way they'd be shirtless on camera. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's just skinny in that movie. He's not yeah, in he's shape. Skinny, that's right. Yeah. So that brings us to one of the more uh, recent ones that was surprisingly not on a lot of lists that I was looking at, which I thought was kind of crazy. Uh, just getting a delayed sequel sometime this year, maybe. A Quiet Place. Definitely post-apocalyptic. Pretty good. You know, I think it's. We've talked a lot about this film uh, on here. It's a good, um, you know, family movie in a post-apocalyptic yeah, I mean, world. It, it actually, it, it's kind of the, usually what happens in these kind of movies, you know, or the ones we've talked about and others is usually for these kind of things. It's, it's a search for like a safe haven, you know, where, where a parent or whatever is trying to get the younger ones to somewhere safer. And in this case, they're just kind of like, they've settled, like they've established and they're kind of like in their safe place and just trying to stay, stay safe. Uh, which is kind of like a, I mean, it's it's a, it's a different story than we're used to. I like this movie a whole lot, and it's uh, really well done. Excited to see the second one. Not dirty though, probably because they've kind of established their uh, their life on a farm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clear. You know, I'd like go a, like two on dirty. Yeah, I'd say generously two. If I want to give them as much dirt as possible, their feet are probably really gross, but everything <laughs> else is. Oh God, I have so many on this list. How many do we want to do? I mean, I think we're getting pretty close. I think we should all either a pick our favorite or b pick one that we haven't discussed that uh, we think would be interesting. Like for example, I'll go Akira. See, I didn't put Akira on this list because I think it's an apocalyptic movie. It takes place 30 years after World War III. But it's a totally destroyed society. Sure. It's fair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I've be putting this on this list is the same reason I was like, ah, oh, do we put Blade Runner on these lists? Either one of them. Um, See, I don't know that Blade Runner is, even though it takes a lot of themes and aesthetic, because Blade Runner is just like uh, an escalation of capitalism leads to a. Uh, degradation of quality of life, uh-huh. but you don't really have in a single event. You know, I don't, you know, maybe I'm wrong in the mythos of Blade Runner, but I don't think there's any. No, there's not. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, even even though it has an aesthetic similar to a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, there's not really an apocalypse. Like Star Trek movies are more of a post-apocalyptic movie than Blade Runner is. True. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Akira First is, Contact it, is <laughs> absolutely a post-apocalyptic. Right. First Contact is an apocalyptic movie, as Joseph right. right. Akira is definitely one of the weirdest ones on this list. Doesn't really follow a lot of the same tropes from any of the other ones. That's why I, I wanted to bring it up, because it is, I think it fits the category, and but it's easy to kind of dismiss it because it doesn't follow any of the same themes or tropes. Um, it's really, you know, about a, a movie about a relationship between a, you know, a group of people that are experiencing extremely weird events. Um, but uh, I like this film a whole lot. It's weird, and I can only watch it like once every two or three years. But I think if you're looking for both an introduction to anime 
and two, an introduction to a post-apocalyptic movies or ones that don't fit the normal tropes, Kira's a good option. I think that's fair. And it's really fucking cool looking. It's very cool looking. And, well, I was going to say, drawn. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's not very dirty, but in, it, in a lot of places, it's very gross. Right. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll do some of the more uh, genre breaking or, or uh, adventurous ones on this list. One of the ones I would definitely want to talk about was uh, Snowpiercer, which is one of my favorite ones. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. I knew you were going to bring it up. Uh, which is how could you not? Uh, I know it, it's my it's it's again. I always describe it as proof that video game movies can work, even though it's not based <laughs> on a video game. Uh, but it's a uh, it's. All of society, uh, after some kind of apocalyptic uh, winter has overtaken the earth, lives on a train, and uh, it's a dramatic, pernicious class system where the the least people live in the back of the train, the rich people live in the front of the train, and then at one point, the people in the back of the train decide they're going to take over the front of the train. It's just great. It's just a really, really, really well done movie. Uh, Chris Evans in kind of an odd role. I highly recommend it. And uh, Chris Evans is very dirty in this movie, though still handsome somehow. <laughs> there are true. a lot of dirty people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Ed Harris looks great, though. He's not dirty. Uh, I was going to say in the beginning when you said uh, you didn't want to talk about apocalyptic movies, you want to talk about post I was going to make a rule that we could not talk about Snowpiercer because I knew you were going to gush God, over it. Don't you dare. Don't you take that away from me. <laughs> I have some few pleasures in this life. Uh, so also one that's kind of an interesting twist on this genre is one where for a lot of it, you don't know whether it's actually post-apocalyptic or not. A 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. This one's on my list. It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I just have, I'm surprised you count this one because it is during the alien attack. I mean, it, it, it kind of is. I don't know. Like it's, it's, you, it seems like they spend a lot of time down there and they've kind of established their own status quo. There's less, I don't know. It, there's like a, they're not looking necessarily to like fix the world. They're kind of just looking to sustain in this new normal ish. It's got the only person from the newsroom that I really enjoyed in it. So. Oh my God, you're fucking wrong. That guy is the worst in the newsroom. <laughs> no, oh. incorrect. <laughs> oh no. All right, we'll have to come back to that another day. <laughs> let's, let's do an Eric and Sorkin episode. <laughs> um, we would have to, we'd have to all be on phones like I am and so we could walk and talk quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is a really great movie, and again, it's it's an interesting psychological thriller that kind of has a backdrop of the apocalypse, but is is again, it, it's more of just this interpersonal tension when kind of society is broken down, and you don't even know like what what is out there. You just got a very limited scope of of information. I have the other comedy, the other apocalyptic comedy that was important that's not really new, but it's just fun to talk about. Is this is the end? Uh, that was also on my list, definitely. From uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen of, of all, all of their people that are in their <laughs> movies. Right. Uh, nothing particularly fancy about this. It's just a great time. It's very funny. I, mean, I, think, I think it's pretty cool that they all got together. They all played the worst versions of themselves. And, uh, and it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed this the one time I've seen it. I've never rewatched it since, but it, I mean, I remember being hilarious. Um, and the only other one that I, I had a question mark by that I'm not sure if it counts or not, because it kind of starts off post-apocalyptic and then takes a turn midway through. Wally, <laughs> I think Wally works. Yeah, Wally works. Uh, I 
interesting fact about me can't stand this movie i know a lot of people love it they think it's one of pixar's best it just i don't know what it is it just annoys me and i just don't care for it but i i have uh, a specific memory of i was i don't know i was in school or some age but i was on like a, a group trip and we had the option of going to see this movie or transformers 2 and i remember like i watched it and i wept and I felt like it changed on the other end of it. And then I got out of it. And all my friends were like, oh, that was fucking boring, man. Should have watched Transformers 2. And I hate all those people now. That sounds about right for you. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Mostly what I remember about this is that I liked it, but it was also the exact movie where I decided I was done with Pixar trying to make me cry. I mean, to be fair, you got out at the right time. Right before up is, is probably the, the worst one. Right. Um, any other? Th- oh uh, shit! I'm not doing. I'm not doing my dirtiness. I'm doing a bad job. Cloverfield Lane, not very dirty. This is the end. Kind of dirty, maybe like four. Right. Uh, Wally. I mean, Wally's pretty dirty, but nobody else really is. Yeah, Wally and this is the end. Both do like, and this is the end. It starts off very clean and ends dirty. Wally starts off very dirty and ends clean. Yeah. Any other ones we want to mention? And their dirtiness scale. Uh, I was going to bring up Maximum Overdrive, but I feel like you two fellas have not watched that. Have not seen it. It's it's uh, fucking great. It's not great. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's fucking awesome. It's a zombie movie where you play zombies with cars. It's fucking brilliant. How dirty is it? Yeah, that? I'm gonna I'm gonna dis. It's not that dirty. It's uh, not that dirty at all. The cars aren't even that dirty, and they should no, be dirty. Because <laughs> there's no one left to watch them. The uh, villain of this film is a green goblin semi yeah uh it's ridiculous didn't stephen king direct this or did he stephen just write king it? wrote it he it wasn't based on okay. one of his novels he wrote a screenplay for it uh a, yep. an entire soundtrack by acdc i i i, I, don't I mean know. that does I sound like it's made for you i understand completely that it's a dumb fucking movie but i love it emilio estevez emilio estevez correct back when emilio estevez was a star yeah, the movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hard disagree. <laughs> Some quick fire ones that I have. Uh, I mean, really, I haven't seen any of the old zombie movies. The only Dawn of the Dead I've seen is the Zack Snyder one. But I like the Zack Snyder one. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's good Zack Snyder. And I think it's about halfway dirty. It's not crazy dirty, but it's well, they're noticeably dirty. Like a five. The remake is good. The original is the best of Romero's zombie movies, in my opinion. So both are better than Transformers. There's a Chris Pine movie that in 2009 that's literally every single one of these tropes uh, with absolutely nothing new to it, but it's still not that bad, called Carriers. Uh, Never saw it. It's Never saw it. about equal to Transformers. Maybe a little bit better. Uh, maybe a little Here bit worse it. without any actual originality, but uh, like a four on the dirtiness scale. Uh, it Comes at Night, uh, which is a great movie Ooh, yeah. with uh, Joel Edgerton. That's, that's actually specifically about just kind of an outbreak. There's not, a, I guess they do kind of turn into, do they turn into zombie creatures or do they just die? I can't remember. There's definitely a monster element to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't remember if that's just like, I don't know. I can't remember. It's like a logical. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's really good, and uh, it's it's not as dirty as it should be. Honestly, I, people don't. I feel like people are more focused on other things in their hygiene, but still came out pretty clean. Do you think Hunger Games is a post-apocalyptic movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's good, but yes, I think it's a post. 
<laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think it's post-apocalyptic. Um, but I enjoy it. The first one, anyway. See, the first one to me is just a bunch of close-ups of people looking sad, which you'd think I'd love since I love soap operas, but I didn't enjoy it. The second one I thought was pretty good and made me think, oh, shit, these are going to be okay. And then they weren't. Uh, they weren't. Yeah. Also not very dirty, probably because all the people are so pretty. I feel like they put like a smudge of dirt on Liam Hemsworth's face right. just to make it look like he's been outside. But how you don't fucking believe him. They should uh, be also, dirtier than they are. <laughs> also, I mean, a, a big part of that movie hinges on the idea that uh, whatever the kid's name is who's placed to play PETA is supposed to be handsome. Yeah. But that dude looks like a lady bus driver. That's fair. <laughs> Also scrawny. That dude wouldn't stand a chance against Liam Hemsworth. Right, exactly. But that's about all I have on my list. Do you guys have anything else? No, I, I disagree. I would say it. I disagree. Terminator is a post-apocalyptic movie. The Matrix, post-apocalyptic movie. See, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, just based on, on the amount of time spent in the post-apocalyptic world, I, won't, I don't think The Matrix is a post-apocalyptic movie. I'll give you Matrix Revolutions, but do you really want that one? No, see... It all takes place in the post-apocalyptic movie, though. Right, like, but but none of uh, it, none of it is is post-apocalyptic tropes. Like it's, it's not like that. The story isn't about the the post-apocalypse and the world in you know this decimated landscape of Earth and rebuilding society. It's about that's literally what the movie is about. You just literally described the plot of that fucking movie. It's not. I don't agree <laughs> with you. I mean, you don't agree with us because you're trying to be contrary, but it's fucking, that's exactly what this movie is about. Just because there's this veneer over it is not, doesn't make it not that. And in fact, it's what, it's the point of it. It just, it it, it breaks those tropes and does something and presents it in a new package, which is, it's a post-apocalyptic movie in a high concept sci-fi kung fu film. Uh, uh, and just because you disagree doesn't make you right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> that, that, that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I would go further is just because you disagree makes you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I really didn't expect to get as much pushback on this one, but I, uh, I'm standing by my opinions, but you know, that's fine. I'm outvoted. I, I like it. I well, don't agree on Terminator, but I'll at least accept the argument on Terminator, but I don't on this. I would say for Terminator, it is certainly more backstory than it is how it affects things. It is the point of the Matrix. I suppose it's the point of the Terminator, but really the point of Terminator is just to save John Connor. It's not even really to prevent that from happening. You know, Judgment right. Day, like, so. Right, right. It's, I guess it's the opposite. It's going to happen no matter what. You need him to make sure it happens right. Yeah. I retract Terminator. Sure. Any other ones we want to talk about? No. I think no. I got everyone I wanted to talk about. Excellent. What I, th- I think we established, is The Road still the dirtiest movie on this list? Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Road's the dirtiest. All right, congratulations, The Road. You win. That was the only criteria. We talked about quality, but it's really just about how dirty you are. I feel like there has to be a dirtier one out there, but I can't think of it. Um, so that's post-apocalyptic movies. Most of the ones that we talked about are good. Some of the ones we talked about are okay. But man, if you haven't seen Rate of Fire, fucking see Rate of Fire. <laughs> Agreed. Excellent. Uh, well, cool. That's it for that. What have we been watching during our quarantine time, guys? Jay, you want to go first? I'll, yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, you know, I, um, I, you know that thing where everybody tells you something is good and you just decide you're going to hate it? 
I, it's literally my personality. I was about to say, I'm probably <laughs> Christian doesn't know what I'm talking about, but Nips knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I, I'm usually not like that if, if we're talking about, you know, action. You know, anyone can tell what good action is. I'll listen to you about action. If we're talking about movies with feelings, I'll definitely listen to you on that because I, I don't know how to feel like a human. But there must be some kind of way. But with, if someone tries to tell me about a funny movie, fuck you. Or a funny show, fuck you. I'll tell you what's funny. So <laughs> in, that, in that regard, I have been violently opposed to watching Fleabag. Like, you know, everyone on earth has agreed that it's the funniest thing that ever happened. And I was like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm never watching <laughs> But you know it's the apocalypse, and you run out of uh, you run out of content. So we started watching Fleabag, and turns out that shit's pretty fucking fun. Good I hear the second you... season is really the the where it picks up. What do you think? I I would say yes. Uh, I still haven't watched the last episode of the second season, but the first season definitely is super funny. But there's some things about it I kind of hate. You know, it's uh, it it has that thing where you know you know her sort of assholeish behavior through the through the whole thing is sort of uh let off the hook by a tragedy so you know and then it does the same thing where the last episode is basically like dark and super serious sort of you know just sort of it's the thing that i hate that you know comedy can't have depth only drama can have depth so to, to give this story depth at the very end like oh the, the last episode will be super dramatic so i fucking hated that part but the second season is definitely better, definitely more fun. I'm right now. I'm going better than Transformers, but if it takes a dark turn in that last episode, I will rescind that. So I'll let you guys know next week. Uh, also, uh, I was just going to recommend to people who are at home. I did something like this last week, but this one's uh, more uh, organized and small. Uh, the Marvel Comics Comicology app has 12 free graphic novels uh, you can get right now. Uh, you don't have to be a member of anything to do them. You just download them. They're all pretty good. They're definitely all worth nothing. But the best ones on there, Thanos Wins, which I've pimped on this uh, podcast before. It's the most metal comic I've ever read. Christian has recommended this before, too. Uh, Black Panther by uh, Tanisha, uh, Tanisha Coates. <laughs> I'm looking could, at it right could you, now. Could you come back to that name again one more time? I think it was Tanisha Coates. Am I not? Am I right about that? Nailed it. I, see, that's what I thought. Every time I say it, I I start to panic because it does not look like that's what it's uh, how it's pronounced. But that's how it's pronounced. They also have the uh, the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier comics on here. The the first volume of that. And if you're someone who thinks well, I've already seen that movie, I don't need to read that shit. You are fucking wrong. That shit, even though it's at this point close to 16 years old, still fucking holds up. It's still great comic books. You should read it right. Cool. That's it. That's what I got. Good deal. I watched, let's see, I watched a bunch of crap this week. Um, I did my annual rewatch of Cowboy Bebop. Great. Um, God, that music is so cool. Uh, And uh, those characters are great. And I really love the back half of the the show, like when it kind of becomes one-off-y. And it's just bizarre situations, like yeah, they all get I, I, high off mushrooms. I really prefer those. I like I like yeah. the one off the episodes. They're a lot of fun, um, and those characters all look really. They all you know gel really well together. Having said that, 
This time, I found my favorite character to be Faye. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I was really connected with her this time. Uh, I watched Jumanji, The Next Level, and that movie is okay. I mean, look, there's not a ton of fun adventure action adventure movies anymore and if it's gonna live on in this franchise i suppose it could do worse uh i'm gonna go better than the transformers it's 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 okay i rewatched national treasure one and two this weekend oh, right. uh, because again i like action adventure franchises and those are a blast i desperately need them to make a third one they're both better than transformers um they're just a lot of fun nick cage is crazy in them uh, even like before you knew Nick Cage was crazy, there are moments, there are flashes in those films where you can see it. Um, but it's a good time. And finally, I watched Onward because it's on D- Disney+. Plus. I want to hear what you and think about it. You know what? I def- because I have children, I've actually watched Onward like four times since it <laughs> debuted on Disney+. Plus. Um, and the first time I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But then like the third or fourth time, uh, I've, I found myself being really like emotionally invested in it and uh, definitely better than Transformers. I think there are a lot of fun nods and references um, to fantasy tropes as a whole. Um, I think Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are good in it, but between the two of them, I actually surprisingly think Chris Pratt is better. Um, hmm. But uh, the best character in the film to me is their mom. I thought Julie Louise Travis is just great in that part. She's funny. Um, and it always kind of takes it in a role in a way that I didn't anticipate. Um, but I liked it. It's not, I, I just feel like that speaks to your station in life more than anything else at this point. Probably it's not the, the, the bad thing about onward is that Pixar just consistently puts out such great stuff that you're like, when it's just pretty good or like that movie, if DreamWorks were to make that movie, it'd be the best movie DreamWorks has made. Right. But, but for Pixar, when you compare it against Up or, you know, Wally, Ratatouille, stuff like that, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not one of their best original films, but it's probably better than most of the sequels. Uh, but that's it. That's all. That's it. All right. Pretty much for me, I've just been playing The Last of Us. I just finished the main campaign story uh, yesterday, and uh, it's fucking great. I mean, that's not surprising to anybody who's, you know, been around, apparently. I didn't know it came out in 2013. I didn't know it was before Critical Role days. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it falls very much into this genre of post-apocalyptic things. It follow, it, you know, it falls into a lot of the tropes it's based on a lot of the movies that we talked about. But it, it just tells a really compelling story. You get really sucked in with the characters, even the side characters that you meet. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the, the new one that's coming out uh, in a couple months. I think you know, it got pushed back. Yeah, whatever. You know, who knows? Who knows when everything's going to come out anymore? We might have all the content we're ever going to have now. <laughs> Uh, which will still be more than any of us can ever watch. Um, I'm doing my best right now. You, you're not going to do great if you keep watching Onward over and over again. <laughs> Fair point. And the only other thing that I started that I really just started a, a question that I want to pose to you guys. Uh, I don't know what prompted me to start this. It was just on Disney+. Plus. I started watching Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, right. And God, Tim Curry's so goddamn good at that movie. Like, yeah, it's a fun movie. I mean, I, th- yeah. I I enjoy the Muppets things in general, but like Tim Curry absolutely could have just come in and like uh, goofed around a little bit. But like, dude, like came to play. I, I mean, it, it's it's like kind of hammy kid acting. I mean, it's Tim Curry. He's pretty hammy as a whole, but like he's doing a good job. Like he's very good at it. 
And so then I, I wondered, you know, Disney kind of produced, I don't know if they owned both studios at this time, but they produced, I think they did. Yeah, because it had a Disney logo on it. Uh, they produced this movie in 96 and then Treasure Planet in 2002. And my question is, which one's better? Oh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, I'm going to go with Muppet Treasure Island. I like both those movies, but Muppet Treasure Island is way better. I really thought I'd catch Christian on this one <laughs> because I know that he's a stand for, uh, for Treasure Planet. Yeah, I do like that movie a lot, and uh, I, I think it gets more crap than it deserves, but it, basically everything you're talking about, Tim Curry is just so freaking great in Muppet Treasure Island, and I like Muppet things. I think the Muppets are a fun cast of characters, and uh, they're used well in that story. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that movie's a lot of fun. If, uh, you know, I don't know if I, as a kid I connected to Jim Hawkins, but fuck children, you know what I'm saying? That's, that kid's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, really good time. I'm going to finish that this week. Uh, but that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As I say, who are we waiting for? R.I.P. Well, you know, next week we'll still uh, be in these end times. <laughs> we'll have to do something. We haven't planned on literally anything. It won't be Tiger King because there's just too much of that shit out there. I feel like that's been covered. I agree. I, I don't I, think that we can add anything new to that conversation. I, I understand we just talked about a whole bunch of movies that everyone's already seen, but I still think it needed they needed coverage more than the fucking Tiger King. Agreed. So join us next week where we do something. We're, we're here to, uh, to provide content in a, a world that needs entertainment. So join us next week for that. In the meantime, please like, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, literally that is the best way for, you know, uh, personal recommendations are how I get my content for the most part. So it, it, the, the power of sharing with people, you know, is, is more powerful than you think. If you want to tell us what's your favorite post-apocalyptic movie that we missed or whether you, whether the matrix is a post-apocalyptic movie or not, you can reach the real phonies, gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at real phonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.